Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Today we have a very special guest, and she is Nikki Allen. She is a highly acclaimed international television psychic medium, author, tutor, and angel expert. She was struck down in the prime of her life with Emmy and fibromyalgia, and we will talk about how she found a reason to live from the brink of suicide by experiencing celestial miracles and a passion to write. Nikki, welcome, and thank you so very much for joining me today. It's fantastic to be here, Jeff. Thanks for having me, my darling. Thanks. You're mostly going to hear a lot of fireworks in the background because obviously November the 5th is now brought to Saturday in the UK. Mm. And so, yeah, you're going to hear a lot of that. So everybody starts thinking they're hearing something spooky. It's not. It's fireworks. All right. <laughs> I, my knowledge of UK celebrations is very, it's almost zero. So what is the cele- what are you celebrating now today? <laughs> it's, it's, it's Guy Fawkes. So Guy Fawkes basically had a plot. And do you know, it's really weird because I've just done, recently done, I do a, um, a column in a magazine. I don't know if it goes over to the US um, called The Psychic Detective in Fate and Fortune magazine. Okay. And I've just recently done an investigation about this. Guy Fawkes was plotting to blow up the Houses of Parliament. Mm-hmm. And somebody dobbed him in. Someone told the Parliament that he was going to do it. So he ended up getting killed, basically, for it. And I had to investigate who dobbed him in. Mm-hmm. And it turned out it was one of his um, friend's wives. But that's another story. Oh, wow. And so what we do now, just in commemoration to Guy Fawkes, every November the 5th, we have fireworks and bonfires. We make guys. They're called guys, which are just like, you know, cloth um, dummies, whatever you like. And we throw them on the fire in memory of Guy Fawkes. I know it's weird. It's crazy, isn't it? So let's celebrate throwing over the <laughs> British Parliament. So basically, everybody's celebrating throwing over the British Parliament. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to get into politics, though, because I don't feel happy what's happened recently with Mr. Biden. However, yeah, yeah that's what you're going to be hearing now. Because I live in a valley right next to the beach. Mm-hmm. Everything is going to come echoing through, so I really don't, don't hope it gets, gets too loud. Oh, but to okay. be fair, they're going to try and get over my voice, so it's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> it'll, make it it'll be okay, and it'll make it even more fun to have some background excitement. Um, exactly. I actually arranged it. All oh, this sparkle is in the background. <laughs> Does everybody wear the Guy Fox mask while they're celebrating? No, some of the kids will do that. You know, it's normally also what we do is, is you kind of have people around. If you're not going to a major public display, and we can't because of COVID, and we can't have people around. But generally, it's an evening of jacket potatoes and sausages and hot chocolate, and you all sit around and watch the fireworks and have a bonfire. Wow, it's a very social thing, but not that social. So I'd assume there's people standing in there gardens alone just popping off their fireworks oh wow that sounds like a lot of fun it is really good fun and you know it's it's around most of europe so the most phenomenal one i saw was when i was in germany when i was touring germany Mm -hmm. i was um, going around theaters um basically doing my mediumship and it just so happened part of the tour was november the 5th 
And I went to the most phenomenal display of fireworks I've ever seen laid on by the army over there. It was phenomenal. Wow. Really was very good. And of course, we had the jacket potatoes and we had the hot dogs and we had the, you know, well, I think I had wine, funny enough. But, you know, it's just a really good thing to do. Everybody stand together watching all the fireworks. So, yeah, it's a big thing over here. Yeah. All right. One thing. What is a jacket potato? <laughs> you know what? I went to Florida for Christmas and New Year. It was one of my best holidays ever had. Mm-hmm. And I remember going in and saying, can I have a jacket potato? She goes, I'm sorry, what? Uh-huh. I said, a jacket potato? And they just, I said, it's a potato with skin, baked. Baked oh, potato. Oh, okay, yeah. We can't bake potatoes. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Baked potatoes, yeah. We call them jacket potatoes here. Because that's a typically English thing we'd do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Put a jacket on a potato. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're like two countries separated by a language. I know. Uh-oh. Tell me about it. I, and I'm learning that more that I speak to people in the US. I have a very high amount of people um, on my YouTube channel that I have more. In fact, I have more audience from the US than I do the UK. I don't know what that's all about. That's amazing. And they, they sometimes write me and they say, what, what, what are you talking about? Mm. You know, I do speak too quickly. So I'm mindful to try and slow me, myself down so I get so excitable. Mm. But they say, what does that word mean? What does this word mean? And so I'm obviously trying to get my head around a lot of, you know, your sayings as well as here. Mm. I'm very hard. That's okay. <laughs> You're doing well. All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's start with how did you become a psychic medium? And let's talk about your rise to fame. Oh, rise to fame and Seems fortune like a millennium ago now mm-hmm. oh, no, it's just ages ago basically i think the best stage to start is is that my dad pulled up in front of me in a car and said i'm okay nick don't worry and everybody would think well do you know what there's nothing great about that the fact is i was nine years old and he died two days before in a road accident hmm. in a road smash wow and I ran home to my family who are all mourning. We had, you know, both sides of the family over. And um, I said, I've just seen Daddy. How can you possibly lie about the fact that he's dead? I've just seen him. And I was absolutely hysterical. And then my granddad, my dad's side of the family, where all the spookies are, I call them, Mm -hmm. that have a lot of seventh sons of seventh sons that go back many generations, um, said to me, look, you're obviously special and it started now. You've just seen the spirit of your dad. Mm-hmm. How he manifested a car in the middle of the road, though, I don't know. Um, but it started from there. And, and when I look back from before I was nine, I'd have dreams of things happening the following day. Um, if someone was touching in my stuff, I could feel the vibration of someone touching my energy that I'd had my energy on. Or all this sort of stuff that I used to, you know, prophesize, I thought everybody could do. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I saw my dad fully manifested that, you know, my granddad gave me a little chat and said, look, you're going to see a lot more different things. Um, during my teenage years, my mum ended up marrying someone that was very violent. And I had a lot of trauma, um, which is obviously written in the book um, with this person where I was subject to a lot of abuse. And I remember being sung to after I'd received a beating or whatever had happened. And I then later on found out it was the seraphim angels. They're the oldest, oldest order of the angel realms, Mm -hmm. the seraphim angels. And they came to me and told me that they'd been singing to me during all the times I went through the hurt and trauma I did do. And so straight away, I knew that the angel realms and the spirit world could come to me. Um, I was completely focused on wanting to join the police. So I became a police detective. 
um, on major investigations. I mainly looked after murder victim families, investigated murders, rape, extortion, kidnap. Um, so it's quite a roughy tufty. Mm-hmm. The tough thing was, though, is that if I was standing in a family member's house, I would see the murder victim standing with their family. Wow. So can you imagine how hard that would be? Because I was this detective trying to be professional and I'm doing this because I know that the murder victim's standing there. And in some cases, they even helped me to get motives on murders wow. and got them, got them to trial and got the people found guilty. It was mm-hmm. incredible. And so I had to pretend it was a hunt or I was just lucky because you can't, you know, put in a big court of law. Oh, well, I psychically felt that, Your Honour. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was hard differentiating the two. And then... What happened was is that when I was 21, I was in a bar. No surprise there because I did like a bit of a drink back then. Mm-hmm. It was very much the ethos of how we worked. We played very, very hard, but we also worked very, very hard, you know. So it was a very much um, a dynamic of drinking too much but right. working very hard. And I was in a bar and this lady came up to me and there was a man standing next to her and I saw him being thrown down some stairs and he died. He was murdered. And I tend to get a lot of murder victims come to me, I would assume, because of my old job that I can handle seeing them. They don't, they don't normally come and look like, all right, like an axe in their mm-hmm. head, but mm-hmm. you know, I can handle the, the sadness that comes with that event and the trauma of it. And um, I said, oh, my God, I said, there's a man here. And it just came straight out, and I, I really regret it. I was only 21, though, at the time. And I said to her, oh, my goodness, I said, there's a man here who's been murdered and you were too scared to tell the police. So the man that killed him got away with it. You've got to let it go. Mm-hmm. Stop feeling guilty. Calm and work out. And she went, what? She dropped a drink and absolutely went hysterical. Oh. I was like, oh, my God, I, I really need to sort this out because I just blurted it out. Mm-hmm. And so the following week I went to see a psychic um, affair and she said, come with me, I need to teach you a few things because by this time my – um, grandfather had died as well. All the people that could have helped me were estranged from. It's a long story. She taught me how to close and open up. Um, and so I ended up doing, you know, close and open up, do readings, how to do divination in all different ways. And I started doing readings in the evening mm-hmm. and parties, corporate parties, giving messages from the spirit world to people. And during the day, I was a detective. Oh, wow. <laughs> really I, weird, isn't it? You had mentioned earlier that Something about you were seventh son or something in your family. Yes. What what does that mean? In in um it's, it's it's hard without getting too deep, but basically seven is a magic number. If you look at it, seven is mentioned throughout the Bible. Seven is the sign of um spirit, basically. With all the you know, it's all geometrics. I don't really know that. All I know is is that strong mediums that have got the strongest ability to connect with the spirit world, the angel realms, for some reason have this definitive line in their generations previous to them, in their ancestors, that always have a seventh son of a seventh son. So my granddad was a seventh son of a seventh son. His dad was a seventh son of a seventh son. And they're supposed to be the most strongest mediums on the planet that have basically got this geometric number that creates this, um, I suppose, an antennae to the spirit world and to any other celestial-type frequency my granddad was phenomenal. He used to work with Scotland Yard, working on murders unofficially, and he could project his energy um, anywhere he wanted. So, you know, once my um, cousin went missing and he basically went out of his body and found her and she was about 60 miles away, he gave the address and my family just went there and found her. 
he was my my granddad used to have to touch you to see if you were real or not. Wow. He couldn't tell the difference between spirit people. And so when my nan used to tell him off for talking to thin air, she used to say, for goodness sake, Fred, people are going to think you're mad. And he used to, oh, sorry, because he didn't realise that he was talking to a spirit person. He thought it was a normal person. And I always vowed that when I started this gift, which I did, I got retired from the police service in 2003, saving someone's life. I broke all the ribs in my back. Um, and I ended up doing this full time. And I always remember vowing I'd never talk to spirit people like my granddad did, but I do. I chat away with them rather than do it all mentally, which is a lot harder. I go, you're right, mate. What do you want to tell me? Okay, then. And I just chat away to them like he does. So the thing I vowed not to do with my granddad, I do. And I love it. I just I chat away with them just as if they're alive still now in the physical. Of course, they're still alive. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just chat away to them. There's no, there's no magic in this. There's no... I, do you know what gets on my nerves a bit, Jeff, is that some people make it all spooky and all mystical. They're not. They're just people. They haven't got a body anymore. That's yeah. the only difference. Um, so I just chat away with them quite normally. When you see them, do they look solid like we do or do they look a little bit, when you know, how they make them on television, ghostly yeah, it, and, it, you know, you can kind yeah. of see through them? How are completely they? Completely depends. Completely depends on how they've learned to manifest through the ether. For instance, in my book, you'll see, <coughs> and anybody else who wants to buy it, mm-hmm. um, will see that I had 10 minutes with my dad in Turkey on holiday. My dad visited me, and he was solid. He was mm. just like any normal human being. Um, his face was solid, and then there was like waves of light around him, but I could see him, his face solidly. So the, the, his body shape. Do you know, like Predator, the film Predator, yes. or a cloaking device? We were talking about Star Trek earlier. Right. The body was very much like that. His face was solid, just mm. like a normal human being. Mm. But And you could see him sitting there with this waves of light around the bottom of him, a kind of invisible body and solid face. Whereas I've seen, for instance, I just finished a theatre show and I used to um, do a competition um, and people used to win t- uh, a private reading with me in my dressing room. And the lady was there. There were people all around me. It was really busy. And I said, um, yeah, okay. I said, you're the person that's won the competition. Yeah, I went, okay. So I said, is he coming with you? And there's people all around me and I'm trying to talk to her. And people go, Nikki, Nikki. And she goes, sorry. I went and I was getting, I felt really guilty actually because I was getting a bit impatient with her. I said, look, is he coming with you? And so she went, I don't know what you mean. And I went, him. And as I looked, he just smiled and disappeared. And he was solid, completely wow. solid. And he was a 19-year-old boy that died in a car crash, completely solid. Next and I said, right, well, that's great because it's your boyfriend that's just standing there and he wants to talk to you. I'm mm-hmm. getting goosebumps on that one. Mm-hmm. Then there's others that can be shadow. So a shadow will go past my hallway and then I think, who's that? And I think, hey, granddad. Or it could just be glittering lights. Sometimes it can just be a glowing form or even just the first stage of a spirit manifestation, which is an orb. We've all heard about the orbs that people Mm -hmm. take photos of. Some of them are light reflection and some reflection or whatever they are, lens problems. Mm -hmm. But others are the first manifestation of a spirit. So to be honest with you, I see them all completely differently, is your answer. But I do love the solid form. It's so much easier because if I've got the man or the woman standing there, I can describe them to a T to their loved one. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they come in and I have to use my clairvoyance and look through my third eye, then I've got to manifest all of their 
you know, how they look and where the scars are and what colour the hair is in my mind instead. And it's, it takes a lot more energy. Mm-hmm. So if they're standing there, it's so much easier. Mm. <laughs> so uh, they just, you know, they learn it. They learn it, I think. They learn how to continually visit and manifest. And I think they perfect how they show their image when they visit. All right. I got a couple questions. Cool. A couple questions here. I don't, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. There's too many to start from. Um, so... <laughs> What is your opinion that people are doing after death? I mean, are they just hanging around and or are they going to heaven or going to heaven or another dimension and popping back and forth? And are they staying there for infinity or do do you think people actually at some point reincarnate or go somewhere else? Are they going to be hanging around so you can contact them? It's hard to speculate on each person's different, but. Absolutely right. I think that the more spiritually orientated you are and the more that you're open to going up to the spirit world, this is about visitation time after you've died, okay, physically died. Um, I think, you know, if you're hanging back or you were religious or you didn't believe in the spirit world, there may be a delay. However, the first, the, the shortest time it's taken for a spirit person to come back from the spirit world, I, I, I used to do um, evenings, intimate evenings of like 20 people in a house and bring them messages from their loved ones. Their mother came through and she had died four hours before. Wow. So it only took her four hours. And I said, there's a lady here. I'm going to make up the name for privacy. And I said, her name's Dorothy. I'll sod it. Her name's Anne. And I'm sorry, I just walked. And um, I said, her name's Anne. She's come here. And she goes, and she's, she's, she's the um, mother of the five Motley crew. And I said, I take it. It's you, you, you. And there were five sisters that had gone, like, tried to sit away from each other. I said, your mum's here. And I said, she's just passed over from the bed she's gone up giving your dad a kiss and popped back down and said don't think you'll get rid of me that quick and they were like what because they were going to cancel the evening but because they were they she'd been ill for so long with dementia and parkinson's that they still continued even though she passed which is a bit weird um and she was there within four hours some take years um what happens after we pass with the seven portal that i'm connected with even though i'm a girl and i'm certainly not a seventh son right um i've been taken up i've been allowed to i don't know if you know about the akashic records but it's like the book of souls and i've been allowed to go up and sign that which gives me access to souls heaven so i've been up to heaven many many times and some people might say yeah yeah you imagine it but they gave me a mind map. And what I mean by that is, is that it's very hard to describe frequencies. You know, it's very hard to describe um, things that haven't got physical casings to people that have got physical bodies down here and can touch things and see them. So what they decided to do was give me a map of heaven. So there was an area called the reality layer, which is where all us, our lot hang out after they've passed. Then you've got where the guides are halls of learning, where you've got um, the omnipresence, which is the source of the universe, God, if you like, and the archangel chamber. So they gave me all of this um, about 15, 20 years ago. And the reason I know it's right is is because I used to, it's called the Crystal Palace. I do a lot of it on my um, YouTube, guided meditations to the Crystal Palace on my channel. And I used to take my students up there and they would come back down after the meditation and go, I turned left and I'm thinking, I know where that is, that's the celestial garden. They said, there was this beautiful garden with roses. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. And then I was just saying, then I walked past the roses and I'm thinking, that's where the halls of learning are. And it was all completely corroborated. So I know there was something in it, that it was, it was real. And then I started to do meditations to go up 
to the halls of learning and to the reality layer and say, right, tell me what happened so I can tell people down here. It's part of my job. And so what they showed me was for the mainstream, normal people that have had a loving life and pass over and they've got some sort of belief system, they go up and their soul is taken to what I can only describe as, and funnily enough, I saw one in Thailand and I said, what's that? And they said, that's the that's house of death after they've passed, the house of spirit. And I saw these up mm. in a meditation way before I went to Thailand. Mm. And all of these souls are taken up by Archangel Azrael, who's the archangel responsible for that, during just before the death and after. And he places the soul on like what looks like a plinth, a big concrete plinth. And then I saw all of these green lights coming in, these green lights, and they would have been sent from the celestial gardens, from the seraphim, to heal the body. Just heal it and get it used to the new frequency without a body. Then all of these figures started like standing around, and I realized they were the family members and loved ones of the person laying there. And then a, a dark figure comes in with this squared black hat, which again has been depicted. Um, I, I can't remember where it's from, China or somewhere. And I'm like, my God, I've seen that before. People have written about all of this stuff that I've already seen, mm. you know. And that's Archangel Jeremiah. And he does a life review. So whatever you've done in your life, it will be reviewed. This is where we talk about karma and things you could have, should have, or would have done, and you get this big review. If you've spent time in a different frequency, like on a different planet, then you may have an alien come and review you. But mainstream is Archangel Jeremiah. Um, and then he does the review. If you've done an atrocity, that you've murdered someone, you've gone against your life plan, then you're taken to the cherubim chamber, which I've seen, um, and you basically bathe in the water and you bathe in your own actions. And sometimes I've seen souls dissipate because of the filth that's done on the earth. So, for instance, Hitler, I saw black bubbling mass and his soul just completely dissipate. Now, when souls dissipate, that means they can never come back down, never come mm. back and reincarnate. So then I ask, when do we and how do we reincarnate? So how they proved it to me, because they know I'm an open-minded sceptic, remember. You know, I was a cop for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to sit and think everything's fluffy. I need proof. That's what I'm here for. The same as I needed proof to bang someone up for murder or whatever, you know. And so I said, I need proof of this. So my guy, Julianus, came to me uh, and introduced himself. He goes, right, I'm going to tell you exactly where I know you from. A previous life, 1452, Trastevere, Rome. And I went, okay, then. He goes, Pope Nicholas V presided over us, and you were welcome in the House of Mary Magdalene at the St. Cecilia Church there in Rome. And I went, okay. Mm -hmm. So what did I do? Mm -hmm. I got on a computer, and I booked a ticket to Rome. Mm -hmm. And I went there and I got in a taxi. This could make me emotional because uh -uh. it's just the most incredible thing. I got in the I got in the cab and I said to the guy, take me to St. Cecilia's Church in Trastevere. And he just went, see? And I thought, oh my God, it exists. Because I couldn't find it anywhere on the internet. Uh -huh. He drove me to this place that I saw in my meditations and all of my dreams whenever I've met Julianus. I go into there. In 1452, um, nuns were welcome in the house of Mary Magdalena for the first time ever because it was only monks there. San Francisco monk that Julianus has said he was, and I found his bust coming out of the wall. 
I just broke down in tears because I recognised all of it. I recognised the fountains, the church. I knew exactly where I was going. And then I went to the Vatican and I went into the Vatican and I knew the crypt of Pope Nicholas V would be there. And I spoke to a guide there and said, I want to go to the crypt of Pope Pope Nicholas V. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, he's not here. I said, yes, he is. He goes, no, 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 he's not here. I've got nothing in my book. I said, he is. And again, I got angry with him. And I don't know if you've ever been to the Vatican. There are tens of thousands of people in there. I literally march across to this tiny little doorway. I walk down the second crypt on the right. I've got photographs of it. You're not supposed to take photographs in there, though. Mm -hmm. I'm bending over this crypt, crying my heart out. And nuns had to come and take me away and, and basically comfort me. And once I'd got myself back to normal, I went to the crypt. It was Pope Nicholas V, and he presided over Trastevere, Rome in 1452. Wow. Everything he told me was 100% correct. And that guy found me, and he said to me, you're a very special lady because it's not in the guidebooks. I had to ask an old superintendent if that crypt was down there. How you found it, I don't know. He said, come with me. He took me around the back scenes. And he got me a file, a glass file, and he asked one of the armed guards to go and get holy water from the Pope's private font. And wow. I still have it now. And that and that holy water I healed my dog's tumour with, who was due to die. Wow, that's amazing. And the oncology department in Cambridge University said, how the hell that, that was killing her? It's gone. And I said, that's what we do. We heal and we do magic. That's amazing. <laughs> and unfortunately, she did have another tumour. And that's, sorry to go on and on and on, but I have so much to share because I'm, you know, I'm not being disrespectful to some other light workers, but there are some people that kind of believe everything is spiritual. It isn't, right? We live in a tough world and we all want to be comforted by the spirit world, by our lost family. And so I have to go, yeah, okay, you've done that, but you need to prove it to me. And they must have Valium up there. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Because they just must go, oh my God, right, prove it to her, otherwise she's never going to say about it. So I only share with the public what I absolutely know has been backed up and evidenced. Mm. I don't just think something and tell everybody, oh yeah, that's true. Mm. It's because it's been, you know, what are the odds of that? And I remember I did a show over here. I don't, I'm sure it went over to the US, Most Haunted. I don't know. I don't know if you remember that. And it was a massive, it kicked, it basically kicked off a massive interest for paranormal investigations on the on territorial TV. Mm-hmm. Went on to Sky TV. It was a huge phenomenon over here. And it brought so many people into the realms of paranormal investigation in the spirit world. And it wasn't, a, you know, it was an entertainment show at the end of the day. And I did a live show and, and they have a, you know, one of the... Um, the skeptics there and I said to him what do you think then to my story about going to Rome he goes oh you fell asleep in front of a history show I went no hang on a minute so I said you know you're all skeptical and tell us that we don't know what we're talking about but you can never give us a valid answer back to when we say to you how do you explain this he goes well I can't explain it so I said well it's paranormal he goes no it's not I'm like, whatever. So I said, I've got someone that's been with me since I was born called Julianus, and he takes me to where we both lived together in 1452, and you think it's because I fell in front of the History Channel programme. Mm. So they don't give really good answers, sceptics and all these psychologists, whatever they're called. I can't remember the word for it. What are they called? What are they called? The paranormal investigators uh, and also psychologists. I can't remember. I don't know. Parapsychologists sure. or something like that. You have a life... I don't know if I could say a lifetime, almost a lifetime of seeing angels, seeing dead people, mm. um, going to places and other dimensions. How 
do you stay sane doing that? Popping back and forth between oh, no. popping back and forth between physical here and non physical. I mean, very does, good question. Does that weigh when, down on you? And before just, my accident, mm-hmm. it's a very good question. Before my accident, um, I had my road accident in 2012. I got retired from the police service in 2003, so I started my full time mediumship, angel work, and seminars, TV programs, magazine mm-hmm. writing. In 2005 and so just before my accident I was very disciplined so what I would do is I would open my energy up if I was doing like a seminar a workshop tv program whatever it was and then I'd be mindful that I would come in and close my energy down and that means a visualization to close your chakra points down and then doing anything that grounds you eating drinking that spirit can't do Mm-hmm. So I would eat and drink and perhaps go to the pub or go out for a meal and, and be with friends to ground myself. The only time I'm very lucky, really, because I was taught really, you know, from a very young age to not keep opening up all the time. I did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I used to do party tricks and I was very naughty. But I realized that if I did that, I would be you know, tired a lot because it takes a lot of energy to channel them through you. Um, and so I used to just ground myself. And if there was anybody about, I refused to talk to them unless it was urgent. If it was like like something that I had to tell somebody really. You know, I remember sitting in a restaurant and a lady went by that I knew. And I went, oh, my God. I said, come here, Lynn, come here. And I went, you've got to go to the doctors now. There's something wrong with, it was a cervix. And I went, there's something. She went, my God. I've, I've, and I said, do it now. And she had the most horrific tumour in her cervix. Mm. Um, and they removed it the following day. It would have killed her, basically. It was huge. And um, so things like that, I was okay with. So I was very disciplined. However, during my transition and my reawakening, if you want to call it that, where I was five years laying in bed, completely incapacitated, I was the living dead, basically. I was in a coma state but awake um, following a road accident, and I was taken through the biggest spiritual boot camp of my life. And one of the things that I learned to do is live and breathe with the spirit world and the angel realms as well as walk around here. So I've, it's like having an imaginary friend, if you like. Well, it's not imaginary, though, because they're real. It's like having someone with you all the time. So now if I'm walking along and I see something, my mum in spirit world may go, oh, for goodness sake, and I go, yeah, no, tell me about it. Or, for instance, I live just the beach is literally two seconds away. Um, which I ordered from the universe. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. That's in the book as well. Mm-hmm. But I went, I go on the beach like two days ago, beautiful weather here. And I stood on the beach and then I just said to Mike, Archangel Michael, you're here now, aren't you? And I just could feel it. I know he was there. I just said, thank you. Thank you for everything you bring me. Thank you for me, like having the strength. They, they pushed me to write this book. I was never going to be an author. Oh my goodness, no. Mm-hmm. They did it all. And so I kind of walk with them. I connect with them all the time. It's like having just a loving, guiding hand with me, whether it comes in the form of the spirit world or the angel realms, I walk with it. I don't allow them to drain my energy. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's why it doesn't make, doesn't send me loopy because I know the difference between the celestial beings and those frequencies is so light and different from the earth. And to be honest with you, I would much rather sit in that energy than what is going on at the moment on the planet. Mm. But I actually was told about this six years ago. And mm. I've actually done a fiction book called Earthwalkers, a trilogy, and all of it is full of all the predictions of everything that's taken place. 
from COVID to the Manchester Arena bombings, everything. And I'm wondering if I should now change it into fi- not in, into non-fiction because I thought they'd sent me these dreams for me to write this book whilst I was ill. Um, and now it's all come true. But aside from that, I'm digressing. During the time I was in the five-year most hellish time of my life. You said at the beginning, brink of suicide. Now, I'm sure if there's anybody like who watches this will think, well, you don't look very suicidal. Mm-hmm. I was at the ends of my tether. I had lost everything material to me. I'd lost, I had two homes gone. My partner at the time didn't want to be with someone that was in a wheelchair. So he stole £65,000 from me, which would be about, wow. what, $80,000? Cheers. Um, and I had bailiffs. I had banks on my back. I'd lost my health, I'd lost my career, I lost my life, I lost everything. I literally laid in bed for five years Mm. in excruciating pain with over 200 different symptoms every day, waking up with something different. I woke up one day blind in one eye Um, and I was homeless for eight months. Now, was all this due to your accident? Yeah, I had the road accident. So this is a car accident, right? Yeah, it was. It really wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that bad. We'd come down to Devon. Um, if people don't kind of appreciate, it's kind of like on the um, southwest coast of, of the UK. We've got Devon and Cornwall. It's very, very, very. I cherish this place. I had a lot of happy childhood memories here, and so and I. But I also used to live in Essex, which is near London. So I bought a holiday home down here when I did a show down here, funnily enough, a mediumship show. And I thought, I love it here. I'm going to move here. So I had two homes and we used to come down and visit the holiday home by the beach. Went to the went to the restaurant to have something to eat. And so this young girl just literally T-boned and smashed into me. I could see her coming. So I ended up being taken out by paramedics, go to hospital. And they say, you've got soft tissue damage and severe whiplash. And I okay. thought, no, I haven't, because I'm, I was screaming the place down. They were pumping me with morphine, thinking perhaps I was a hypochondriac. And that is the biggest problem, mm-hmm. is that you will find that general practitioners, doctors look at you and think, something wrong with you. And that is the worst thing we have to face. And that is one of the reasons I did this book, because I actually questioned myself, am I being a hypochondriac? Because they released me in the early hours of the morning, I woke up in the evening. I couldn't sit. I couldn't deal with light. It felt like I was having bolts of fire if I saw any light. I tried to get out of my bed and just slumped on the floor. My friends had to carry me to the toilet, to the restroom, um, where I couldn't even sit up. Couldn't even sit up. And I thought, what the hell's wrong with me? I was so exhausted. My body couldn't cope apart from just keeping me alive. So I went back to hospital about three or four days later and they said it's just shock and the fact you're on really heavy medication from the, from the pain. And I thought there's something not right. If you then wind on a year, I had to have every test going. And you will find that with this condition, ME, myalgic encephalitis, it's called, that's the official word, or chronic fatigue syndrome of fibromyalgia, you find that everything, all your bloods are completely normal. You may get a tiny deficiency on vitamin D or iron. Apart from that, it is completely invisible. So that's why it's met with such um, resistance and ignorance mm-hmm. because people just think, oh, you've got nothing wrong with you, so we'll give you that title because, you know, you're obviously a hypochondriac. And the amount of doctors I went to when I'm there on the floor saying, I'm going to kill myself, you, you have got no idea the pain and exhaustion I'm in because people think – you're a bit tired. It is not that. You are literally forcing yourself to breathe because your body is too exhausted to raise your abdomen. Mm. 
And so I was laying in this. I was incontinent. I was I couldn't speak properly. I couldn't understand what people were telling me. It was horrific. And I thought, well, if this is me, because it's incurable. So they finally diagnosed me a year later with these conditions, and then off you go. No support. No, no clinic to go to. Nothing to help you whatsoever. There are MS centres here, mm-hmm. but the problem is, is that if you, you look at MS, for instance, in the UK, forty-five. I think it's about fifty thousand sufferers. Us, it's 235,000 sufferers, and those stats were from a couple of years ago now. You've got millions in the US suffering with this, and we're known as the millions missing because we drift off from society. We are housebound and homebound in our houses. It's our prison, and you either make it a prison or you make it your sanctuary, and this is what the Angel Realms taught me. I used to, I used to absolutely fantasise every night, Jeff. Every night, I think, all that morphine's going to go down my throat tonight. And the only thing that stopped me from committing suicide were my two beautiful little dogs, Teddy and Mia, who I'd rescued. And they were looking at me and I kept picturing me being dead and found days later with the dogs crying and I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I, I surrendered myself. I thought, I, 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 I haven't got the strength to kill myself. Mm-hmm. So what am I going to do? I had not, I'd lost all my faith in the angel realm spirit world. So I thought, do you know what? I've worked so hard for you. Why am I laying here with nothing, not a penny to my name, nobody around me? Not, I've been estranged from my family, which we'll find out why in the book. Everything I've been, I was stripped bare, absolutely stripped bare, homeless, on people's sofas, hating everything about the world and what was in it, including that lot that was supposed to look out for me. And there was a surrender time where I just thought, well, I'm not going to kill myself. I can't because of the dogs. Um, but I have to surrender and say, right, then bring it on, bring it on. And I had lost my faith. I, you know, some people may say, oh, yeah, but you, you know, you're preaching to the converted. I went, no, I wasn't converted. I hated them. I thought that I'd made it up all those years. I hallucinated it all. I just had had enough. And then the day that I surrendered myself, which was really funny, because I, re- I eventually got a house in a cemetery. Mm. <laughs> and I, I was naked in full moon, and I knelt down and said, I'm as naked as the day I come in here. This is showing you that I'm giving you everything transparent and asking you please to help me because I do not want to die. I do not want to leave my dogs here. Help me. And from that day on, my the miracles that took place, the synchronicity, the opportunity, the happenings that took place are mind-blowing. It is just, you couldn't make it up. And this is, and, and I hope that people don't think that I've exaggerated the book, um, that I've exaggerated me, myself and I, you know, because I have not. It is as true as the days long because I felt inspired to write in my diary, in my journal, during the times when I could actually think, hold and move, which I couldn't a lot, I used to write entries of what was happening, the miracles that took place, the angels that visited, guides that visited, spirit people that visited. And it wasn't until my nan, um, which will be grandma, I don't know if you call your grandma's nan over there, um, she came and visited me from the spirit world and told me to go on a medicine I'd never heard of. And as soon as I took the medicine, I was up within five days. And that basically is what I'm on now. Mm-hmm. So this is why I can now talk to you because mm-hmm. my dead nan told me to get on this medication and I'm on mm-hmm. it. So it allows me to move around and talk and, I've, you know, I've got my faculties now. So most people think there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But straight after this interview, I'll be going to bed and I won't move for the next couple of days because if I, if, I if I do move, then I'm in big trouble 
and I could end up in bed for two or three months. Mm. And so the whole point of this is, is that it's not about just because I'm a psychic medium that this has happened because I didn't want anything to do with the miracles that they were showing me, but they took me through my demons from my past. This is why it's such a raw and honest book because I thought I, could, I wanted to show how mixed up I was from my trauma, from my past, um, to show you that I am now the most at peace. I love myself dearly. I never did. I made really bad life choices because I had no self-worth due to the abuse and obviously losing my dad and everything that came with it. Um, and I just basically... I'm the most happiest and abundant. They taught me to cosmic order. So I said, right, okay, then I would like a house right by the beach, please. I don't want to have any debt, so I want it completely paid off. Um, and I'd love the love of my life, please, to come along when it's right. And I'd love for this book to go and fly, please. You know, you've made me write it so great. And I want the second book written, which I've already done. And I'm sitting here with my poor love of my life who's a bit poorly at the moment next door mm. in my house. I don't pay anything for right next to the beach. And the books are happening. I feel great. I feel happy. No more demons. And it's all down to them. And so the whole fundamental message is one I want to highlight the plight. You know, all these people are moaning about lockdown. That's our life. Mm. We're locked down for life without any no. cure. Right. You know, and so that's what I'm trying to highlight. Mm-hmm. which nobody takes into consideration because we're not a well-known disease. Like you didn't even know what ME meant, you know. That's mm-hmm. the whole point. Nobody knows who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, to highlight the fact we are never, ever alone. There, We are none of us. It doesn't matter your belief system, your creed, where you come from, your background. You have always got invisible forces there waiting to scoop you up and give you whatever you want. You've just got to learn how to do it, and that's what's in the book as well. Mm. So I just desperately hope it reaches those people that are in that darkness. Mm. Um, I do talk for England, don't I, Jeff? You do. do you say that again? <laughs> I talk for England and Wales and Scotland and Ireland. <laughs> you know, as I, I previously mentioned to you that I'm, I'm a chiropractor, even though I'm not practicing, but seeing patients with fibro, fibromyalgia is pretty common still. Yeah. And sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't. Did you ever try chiropractic for your condition? Oh, many times. Mm. However, what I will say, if anybody, um, do you have, oh my goodness, I'm going to have a blind spot now. Um, oh my goodness, what, kinesiology. Mm-hmm. Kinesiology. I, I, I've, I've seen and done every possible holistic practice Medicine, you can imagine, I've done it all, okay? And mm. and the chiropractors, I tended to be in more agony. However, mm. someone told me to go and see this kinesiologist who was the most amazing chiropractor. You guys are heroes because mm. you, you heal so many people. Mm-hmm. But including that, the kinesiology, I'm not a great expert on it. Again, you know, but it, they, they, they obviously incorporate energy and the chi and the, and the chakra energies. I don't quite know how it works, mm-hmm. but he was incredible. I say was because he's just retired, which mm-hmm. is such a shame. Mm-hmm. But kinesiology really helped me. Um, uh, what else helped me? Obviously, essential oils and always burning them. I, I've looked, basically, what you do is, again, it's in the book. You learn about self-love and what makes you feel really good. Mm-hmm. So what's the blinking name for the things we put pins in? God, I'm losing my – this is brain fog. Oh, acupuncture. So you lose – 
word recollection acupuncture mm -hmm. so acupuncture really works well for me i have a massage every time i can afford it perhaps every couple of weeks which is a relaxation one with um hot stones mm -hmm. so that that and get rid of all the lymph drainage that's in my system mm -hmm. every day um, i can I, i don't even have to walk which is fabulous so i take the car just across the road mm -hmm. sit on the seawall just embrace the energy mm -hmm. um And it's all about being happy with what you've got, accepting it, surrendering and adapting. And so many people I speak to, thousands of people all over the world with this condition that connect with me, say, I just want to die. It's rubbish. I'm a mum. I've got three kids. I've got a job. And it's like, you're going to have to surrender. I can't do that. And I said, I did. I lost everything. Mm. And now I have everything back mm. and more and some, you know, Um, and but chiropractic, I would definitely recommend it. However, if you're at the stage I was the first five years, you couldn't even touch my skin. I had to lay naked most of the time because my skin was so much agony that mm -hmm. couldn't even touch it. So if you touched my skin, it felt like you were punching or kneading your knuckles into it. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't wear underwear, I couldn't wear anything because the, the agonizing pain, because it's like nerve pain, bone pain, joint pain. It's every single, even my eye sockets, mm -hmm. they felt like molten, um, molten lava in my eyes and I could feel and hear them going around my, going around my eye sockets. Mm -hmm. The pain, there's nothing like it. It's indescribable. That's why, you know, I remember when I was diving in the Caribbean because that is my passion. Oh, my goodness, do I love the Caribbean and scuba diving. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having my, I know I sound like a right nightmare, Broke my back of the this, but I had um, I, I had my appendix burst in St Lucia, wow. and they had to do it awake because because they because I had a, a, a possible reaction to a certain anaesthetic they were using, and I had to have my appendix done awake, mm. and that was a walk in the park compared to this. Wow. And I've even seen oncology doctors that have said, and this is no disrespect to cancer people at all, but they've said that your condition is just as bad as cancer, but there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You're living with this 24-7. So, for instance, as I'm talking to you, and I obviously do look very healthy, don't you think? Mm -hmm. At the moment, I've got all of my ribs and my back are screaming agony. My fingers feel like they've had a hand put on them. My eyes are really tired and my cheekbones and my jaw are hurting from talking. Mm -hmm. But we don't tell you that. Mm -hmm. You know, because who wants to hear the wind all the time? Mm -hmm. So we have an invisible illness, and it's right, it is an invisible illness. Mm -hmm. And um, you have to learn how to pace yourself. You have to learn to respect your body. And if you need to sleep, you need to sleep. You need to own this condition, you see. Mm -hmm. um, and so what you see here is makeup and hair done. Mm -hmm. and looking, but literally in an hour's time, I'll be flat out binging either Star Trek or something else. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll be flat out, not doing anything at all and not moving because mm -hmm. I know that if I do anything more today, that's going to burn out my spoons, as we call them. There's an analogy mm -hmm. that came from the US, funny enough, of a woman who was trying to explain to her son about how she compartmentalizes her life every day um, to make sure she doesn't overdo her energy. And so she put some spoons on the cafe, on the cafe table and said, right, mummy's got five spoons And when I come and pick you up from school, that's one spoon. When I bring you back from school, that's another spoon. When I cook dinner, 
That's another spoon. And so she used the spoon analogy, which is basically trending, then went viral. And I've, I've got them, I've got two um, ornamental spoons. So spoonies are the people that suffer with fibromyalgia. Mm. And so it's we basically count our spoons. So I have five spoons a day. Mm. And once that fifth spoon is done, that's it, I'm done. Mm. I won't do anything more because I know you'll end up in bed. Yeah. Let me check yeah. here real quick. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I have some um, comments and questions. All right. Uh, oh, fabulous. Yeah, so the first one is, I like and cherish your positive personality. You are beautiful inside and out. My, oh, um, My mother-in-law would like to know your prediction about her. And she's giving her birth date. She was born on January 10th, 1942. She was warning if you could give her her name. Her name is her name is Donette. Wow, I didn't think I'd be doing this. Um, Donette, can I ask you? Are you you questioning? What she want future? Did you say? Uh, She said. Did you say she wants to know about her future? Let me read again. Um, She said that. She would just like, I guess, a, just a general prediction about her. I Donette, I have to say, sorry, I'm in my flow now. Sorry, sweetheart. Right, Donette, what I want to say oh, first she, of all is, uh, is Let that, me stop you, you there. One happened? second. One second. So I got a clarification. She wants to know about her love life. I knew it. You knew it? <laughs> I know. I know. This is what I was going to say. What you what you've done in your life is very similar to me, Donette. You should so buy my book because what you've done is, darling, is something has happened in your life which has put your bar down to what you expect and what you deserve. So you keep saying, "Why do I keep attracting?" Um, I can't swear on this, can I? Why can I keep douchebags? Is that okay? Yeah. Can I say douchebags? Sure. Okay. Why do I keep attracting bad people, bad men? Okay. Mm-hmm. Why do I keep attracting them? It's because you, your level of expectation. One thing is you've got to remember, you've got huge energy, Donette. You've got huge energy. And so you've also got intuition going on this. There's a bit of spiritual stuff going on with you. And when you are spiritual or you're a light worker or you're someone that's an empath, you give out a stronger vibration, okay? Your vibration at the moment is saying, do you know what? Come and love me, but you don't have to be great. It's fine because I don't deserve anything better, Right? That's what you're giving out, Donette, I swear to you. You are clever, you're funny, you're creative, you're great with colour, you're great with um, interior design, but you just keep thinking, why do you keep getting the wrong one, okay? Why do I keep getting the wrong one? I don't know if you also, there was a loss of someone in your school in the teenage years, there was a bit of trauma there with someone. And I don't know if he was your friend or he was just connected in, but, you know, I just can feel that with you as well. I'm trying to rush this. But what I'm trying to say to you is, is that, The reason why you keep attracting the wrong people is because you feel you don't deserve any better, darling, okay? So you need to start working on loving yourself. Look at my videos on my channel, okay? Um, Or just Google self-love. Think of ways to look at yourself. Mirror work, hardest thing in the world. Angels forced me to do it. I really love you, Nikki. You're clever. You're brilliant. You're vibrant. Who cares if you're real? Don't worry about it. I had to keep doing that, and I hated myself at the time. And so do mirror work, okay? So this isn't so much about a prediction of when you're going to meet someone. You could meet someone tomorrow, but it's not going to be the right person for you. I don't know who Michael is that connects with you. If you don't understand that name, then that is going to be very relevant for who you do, mate. But unless you up your game and start believing that you deserve better, you're going to attract the wrong kind. I feel like there's going to be two more relationships that are going to – 
because you've got your wall up here as well, darling. You need to bring it down for the right person as well, okay? Because I know you've had a lot of trauma in your past. So all you need to do is the next two is going to be you kind of using your boundaries. Number three, December, for some reason, has come in my head. Um, so I don't know if that's when you're going to meet the right person. But up your game, darling, because, you know, you've been there and done it. You've had a lifetime and I don't know if you've lost a partner as well yourself or you've taken this big dip in finding that right person. You just need someone to cuddle you, to take you to the park and be the person that's solid, you know. So expect more from your gentleman. Expect more from your experience and you will get that person come in. Lovely, kind, could be a widower, could be a widower, Um I keep going to December. I don't know if he's a Capricorn hmm. or it is December this happens, but not this December. It's going to be following December, I'm afraid, darling. So listen, Donette, right? You're the Capricorn. Very pragmatic, very practical. You know your stuff. You're black and white. But emotionally, it's completely very much like I used to be. Emotionally, you're like, oh, no, I don't know if I'm good enough for that. I don't know if I'm great. Okay. And it's like if you – and you might say, no, I'm not. I'm fine. Dig deep. I'm telling you, you're expecting, you're not expecting the best you should. Don't aim for second best, okay? Mm. This gentleman is is very nice comfortably um, financially. He's comfortable. Um, I feel like I've got quite a nice portly feel to him. I feel you like a more alpha male type gentleman rather than small frame gentleman. Um, And he's going to be your equal intellectually because you need someone to stimulate your mind on it because... You're someone that's either really well learned or very intelligent and people that have got nothing to say bore you. Hmm. That's what my prediction is. So Hmm. you keep replaying that and you let me know if it's right next December. Great Christmas for you, darling. Oh, that's great. It sounds (laughs) like, it sounds like from what you were saying is once she makes this shift of, of valuing herself more then the right person will come. There's two. There's two Two in a way, first of all, and then there's the main one. Yep. And the thing is, is that that's what I was taught as well. That's what I was taught, that unless you feel you deserve the best, you won't get the best. You'll get second best. And that's what I've always done all my life because of my own self-belief system. Mm -hmm. So they showed me the right way of working it. And that's why I love doing these things. Thank you so much, Jeff, for having me here because I want to be able to get to as many people as I can because, you know, one, COVID, and two, Physically, I used to be able to tour all over Europe and I was due to do the US and Australia just before my accident. And now that's all gone. I don't know if it'll ever come back because of COVID, but it's also gone because I physically can't do it. Mm-hmm. So for me to try and bring across what I went through and experience and what they have taught me to bring that to people who are in their darkness, oh my goodness, it's my dream come true. Mm-hmm. I thought, my, my dad told me, again, it's another spoiler for the book, for me, myself and I, but my... My um, dad said to me, you're going to work in the most beautiful, deepest, most different way you could possibly imagine. And he predicted when I was going to get well and everything else. And I thought, how am I going to work differently? You know, I prove life after death and work with angels. But I get it. I am working differently. I'm helping people to get from their darkness mm-hmm. and get into this most, not survive, thrive. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for. In your book, do you talk about angels? Oh, yeah, because they visit me a lot. Okay. <laughs> they, do, I, they visit a lot. I didn't really grow up in a religious household. I basically never went to church except if I was at a friend's house. Oh, and, 
So in your bio, it says you're an angel expert. Can you give me like a rundown on the types of angels and a classification and what angels well, do? Well, just in general. I mean, I, I mean, maybe well, we can. You can just give me a quick five minute education on angels in general, because especially I think within the Catholic right, religion, okay. they have certain angels and angels do this and that. So I'm curious. Yes. Do you know, the thing, the thing that I've worked out, first of all, before I start on that, is that I've worked out that I, I once was asked um, to do swap readings with a village seer in Turkey. They'd heard that I was there and I had my abilities, so we swapped, um, we swapped readings through an interpreter. It was incredible what she told me, actually. And I, in, in tune, had her husband and her son. And um, I asked her about angels, and it turns out, that most angels have either got a very similar name, but they all do the same thing in all the different religions. It's incredible. So we're all basically, no matter what name we give them and whatever we adhere to and whatever type of religion that we do, they're all still the same energy, still the same essence. Like she was talking about, I think it was Gabriel, and I went, you mean Archangel Gabriel? She goes, no, Gabriel. I went, yeah, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. So I said, is he the messenger angel? Does he also help us with visitation on the earth plane? Does he work on the gold ray? The golden angel Gabriel. I went, yes, yes. It's exactly the same as what, how I see him, how he visits me, how he taught me how to tell people how to identify him. And so it's all, and they're Muslims, hmm. you know, and the Muhammad prophet, you know, I'm sorry, the prophet Muhammad. It's almost like, you know, the way, and please don't be, um, you know, I'm not an expert on religion. So mm-hmm. anybody that's Muslim or who's got religion, please don't judge me on this. But it, I just viewed him as almost like Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, the person that gave so much hope and love and gave us this massive reason to follow God, if you like, or Allah. Um, and it's exactly the same story. It's just a different name and a different concept and different way to worship your angel, your um, hierarchy, your deity. Um, and so it, it's taken, it's very hard to make this like that because I could go so deep into the angel realms. The best way to do it is you've got the seven archangels, okay, that are responsible for certain things. So if we just talk about Archangel Michael, funny enough, look, I've got Archangel Michael cards here, weird. So Archangel Michael, I didn't know, I knew the angels were with me. I knew that they um, could bring you anything you wanted, that you could connect with them. I used to see white feathers drop on me. I did the Angels program, which is very big over here on Sky Living TV. I did two seasons of that. Um, and basically, I, I only know what's shown to me. So I don't read up on anything. I just wait for them to show me. And I kept seeing this deep blue ray. And I'm thinking, what the hell's going on there? And then this huge giant of a man came into my sitting room family room and I was like what the and I I didn't know if I was dreaming he had the most beautiful blue eyes blonde hair I'm Michael and he had this sword and I thought hang on a minute I've seen the sword with Michael and he's got his foot on the devil and I'm like god this is a bit biblical because no 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 I'm an archangel I'm here I'm here to help you to bring you strength and courage to move forward you have to cut the binds from your past I'm like right okay then and then I'd Google it and it would say, Archangel Michael comes down on the Blu-ray and he cuts the, the you know the ties that bind you from the past and he helps you to move forward. I'm like, wow. And even in my bed, someone came in and said, I'm Raguel. I'm like, I've never heard of you in my life. Who's ever heard of Raguel? Uh-huh. And then I Google it and he, he got me out of my, I was in 65,000 grand worth of debt mm-hmm. and he got rid of it. He pushed me and pushed me and said, trust me, it will be gone. And within a day or so, 
all that debt was clear wow. because of him. Mm. And I Googled the name and he was the Archangel of Harmony, Balance and sorting legal issues and problems out. So I know all of the angels when they've come to me. I haven't got a certificate in it. I don't read up on it or do a test on it. I know they're there and I know they're for anybody and I've seen their colours. I've seen how they vibrate. I've seen where they live up in the Crystal Palace. And so the archangels are the big daddies, if you like. They're the ones that bring down the strongest energy, okay? So you can call upon archangels for whatever problem there is. Healing Raphael, you know, manifestation Joffel. You've got to have the archangels. Then the next tier down, this is the most easiest lame in terms I can do it without getting too deep into it because it can get very deep with the, you know, there's some, there's some that's called the choir, the cherubim, and there's various hierarchies. The next one down is a personal angel or a guardian angel, okay? So there's two types of guardian angel. One is because angels have never had an earth experience apart from Lucifer. That's another story, mm. okay? So they've never had an earth experience. So there's two types of guardian angels. There's a guardian angel that could be your nan, your granddad, your dad, your brother, your sister, who are a spirit person that will look over you and have basically agreed on your life path. We never got to this, but we basically do a life plan before we come down onto the earth plane. Mm. I've been told that you have to wait three generations before you can reincarnate again so you don't bump into anybody you know. Okay, and we all decide in this soul cluster, we all come down and take different roles each lifetime. So your brother could be your sister, your mum could be your daughter in the next lifetime. And you come down to learn experiences. Your soul guide looks after you. And then perhaps in that, before you reincarnate again, perhaps your dad will go, do you know what? I'm going to be going when I'm 30, like my dad did. So I'll be your guiding angel for that whole time. So there's a guardian angel, which is a spirit person that connects to your soul cluster that you love, that looks after you, right? There is also a personal guardian angel, which is completely different. This is a pure celestial being who's been charged to look after you. So one of the best experiences I can give you is, is that there was a lady that used to come to my workshops many moons ago. She wanted to kill herself. We've been talking about suicide a lot tonight. Mm. She had a carrier bag full of paracetamol and was literally just across the road from her house. She was going to take the lot. She'd had enough. And she remembers being swooped up, swooped up. And the next thing she knew is two days later, she woke up and wondered what the hell carrier bag full of paracetamol was doing in the bedroom because she felt amazing. And then she talks about this personal um, connection with Dominic. And Dominic was her guardian angel or personal guardian angel, and he was basically given the job to come down to stop her from taking her life because she is now a massive spiritual tutor and teacher Hmm. and teaches the masses about angel realms and about our experience. Hmm. And so you have the personal guardian angels. It could even be you're going through a divorce, you're going through a loss, and then an angel comes down and whether you won't, some of us haven't got, I didn't have a clue they were with me. I said to them, I remember saying to them, how, why did you forsake me? Why did you leave me? What did you want? They said, we never did. You just closed yourself down. You just put the phone down from us. We've always been here. Mm. Well, so I thought, yeah, fair play. So you have the personal angels, you know. So um, angel realms, you'll always know because the, the personal angels, they will normally give you almost like a human name. They'll say, I'm Peter or I'm Dominic or I'm Alice, okay, and you'll just feel 
you'll get feathers a lot come to you. You'll smell sweet fragrances. You will see pictures of angels in random places, like, you know, a picture or Angel Street, or you'll see really weird things that appertain to angels, and you'll see the colours that they vibrate on, and you'll know that you are basically being blessed and looked after by an angel. The archangel hierarchy, you got you so know when they are with you. I remember when I was sitting in my ex's um, lounge with his mother, and we were due to drive home. We had to go down the freeway, and as we and as we were about to go, an arch when archangels talk, it's not like a spirit person where you feel a bit oh, and they go hello, and you go hello, they go boom. And so I was just bending down to put my shoes on. No, and I was like. And I said, did you hear that? And they went, no. I went, oh, my God. And I got the most worst sense of dread ever. And then as I thought, oh, bet down, I went, no. And I knew that I could not get on in that car and go home. So we're not going home tonight. He was so used to it. He went, wow, okay then. And I said, it's really bad. Something's going to happen. And Archangel, it was Raphael came down. Archangel Raphael deals with travel, safe travel and healing. And I could see the green every time I closed my eyes. And I thought, my God, this is so really bad. We can't travel. And it turned out there was one of the biggest smashes ever on that part of the road on the time we would have been there. I think mm. it was about a 40-car pileup where lots of people died. And so he was stopping me from going. And that's what our program Angels was about, you know. Mm. And so it's worth – do you know what I say to people to make it easy, Jeff, is I just basically say whatever problem you have, whatever you need help with – Google it. Mm. So if you've got a problem, Google Archangel 4, and I know it sounds really bad, and I know mm. I should be all spiritual and fluffy, but you know what? If you've got, like, if you lost someone, you've lost your pet, or you're scared about a job, or you need coach for your interview, Archangel 4, and it'll bang up there, and you'll know exactly, oh, just ask me. Mm. Just come and ask me. Come to my website or my email or whatever, and I'll tell you what angel that you can use. But to try and bring it into a little box, it's so hard. That's the easiest way for me to describe it because there's all different types of angels up there. You've got the cherubim that deal with judging our life. Um, and But the weird thing is, though, what's really weird is, is that when I first saw the cherubim chamber, I saw the cherubims turn their faces, you know the sweet little chubby fairy things, mm-hmm. in this place, I was laying in this pool, and their heads turned to oxen and lions. And it was the most fiercest thing I've ever seen. Do you remember we were talking about Hitler earlier? Yeah. And, the, and it's called the um, Pool of Divine Truths. And it scared me. And I thought, hang on a minute, this isn't right. So I then came out of this meditation and thought, why have I seen these cute, chubby little cherubs with these fierce oxen and lion heads on? And I Googled it and I could not believe it. Because from the Old Testament... It says, and though the cherubim shall judge their souls as the right hand of the God with faces of oxen and lion. Hmm. And I've never read the Old Testament. That's interesting. So what I'm trying to say is, is everything I've seen in the angel realms, you know, in the layers of heaven, up in the crystal palace, I call it the crystal palace, it's all been corroborated by biblical or philosophy writings that have corroborated it. That's why I know that it does exist. I don't believe it. I know it 100%. I wouldn't be sitting here feeling the most amazing I've ever been in my life, even though I've got the most atrocious chronic illness. Mm-hmm. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. That's fantastic. Happiest. And so call on the angel realms because mm-hmm. even the, I've seen skeptics. Nah, nah, that's a load of, Okay, then just give it a try. And they're like, oh. They're so powerful at the moment. We are in crisis on the planet. We are in crisis. 
So there's this dense energy that I keep feeling and it really, really does make me feel very, very enclosed and really oppressed because we're all in this fear and this unknown. To me, I don't, I don't connect with that vibration at all. I won't. I don't need to. Um, and so we're in crisis. The planet's in crisis. So more than ever, the angel rounds are trying to get through this denseness to help us. Our spirit people are. Right. And all these skeptics go out to load vol crap and all the trolls that I get. Well, good luck to you because you're just going to lead a life of misery and being alone and not realizing they're here. The people that just think, I'll give it a little go. They are amazed by what the, what the things they see, the numerology they're shown, the numbers, the synchronicity, the feathers, the names, the absolute miracles that happen. It's like this book, for instance. I remember when they told me to write it. It's in the book. And I go, are you joking? Mm-hmm. I've been out. Of the, you know, I was literally, I had a book deal. I was going to be traveling the world. I had this amazing discovery channel opportunity that was coming my way. I was going to Australia and America. There was a new program, as I say, coming in. I was just back to a book. I, ha- I, had, I was writing everywhere. Everybody wanted me in 2011. I was doing celebrity readings. I was doing TV. I was everywhere. Everybody wanted me because I was doing – and it's not about fame. I just used the TV and the media for me to get my message across, okay? And then – when it all dropped, everybody drops you like a hot potato. Mm. So all the magazines dried up, all the TV dried up. I'm like, oh, God, she's ill. We don't want her anymore. And everybody just disappeared, apart from my amazing Facebook supporters. There's still, you know, I think 10,000 that stayed there. The rest mm-hmm. just flitted off because I couldn't give them a reading anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I'm like, you want me to write a book? How am I going to get a book published when I'm nobody anymore? Nobody knows or cares I can't do that I'm not going to get I'm not going to get a deal and so the following day I get an email out of the blue completely out of the blue from a magazine editor saying do you want to do a column for us Hmm. how how, you you only get a magazine column if you're a well-known you've got a big profile you're really big in your industry I'm like what the couldn't believe it and then I think it was two months later I got a second column some heard of then a third column in Australia and so they were saying to me, you got your columns now, stop moaning, get the book out there. So I sent it out. Didn't I had absolutely, it was bad at the time. I thought, there's no way. I'm not going to be an author. There's no way anybody's going to want to publish my book. And it only took, I think, a month and I got a deal. Wow, that's fantastic. So that's what I'm saying. Mm. And, you know, I could, I could tell you about so many of this, the miracles. You know, how have I now in a house I've completely paid off when I was homeless five mm-hmm. years ago? Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing is, is that I don't want to give too much away because it's all in the book. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't, apparently I shouldn't say the book. I should say me, myself and I, a diary of a psychic. Uh-huh. But it's too long a title for a start. Uh-huh. But I just, I can't tell you. I just, the reason why I'm so passionate about it is, is because it, you can change your life. Mm-hmm. it's so simple mm-hmm. it is so easy to do you don't have to do any practices you don't have to invest any money you don't have to sit there for years studying someone it is so simple how mm-hmm. you do it mm-hmm. and it starts with self-love mm-hmm. and i can feel that with Vanessa, mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. she'll get deserved she's just got to stop thinking that you know there's nobody good enough out there for her they're too good for her no mm-hmm. just get your Did she she come back, by the way? No, but I have another question here. Um, Mm -hmm. This is from a gentleman. He said his wife passed 17 months ago. And he says, he said, I don't feel like she is guarding us because my kids still fight. 
And then he said, so if you don't acknowledge the guides that close them off, can you fire the angels? Does that mean anything to you? <laughs> Can you fire the angels? <laughs> right. First things first. Let's get to the practicality. Um, I'm bereavement trained um, police detective, remember, so I've, I've done all the bereavement stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Now, what I've learned, and again, it's trying to get it all in, because I wanted to bring this up earlier when we spoke about how long does it take for them to come and visit you and how do you know they're about. Mm-hmm. When you, they know that you're grieving, they know that you physically have to accept their passing, they will leave you alone. Lots of people, well, thousands of people I've spoken to over like 30 odd years have been doing this. I know I don't look old enough. Just saying. Um, they're basically reported, my husband, my wife, my brother, my sister were with me and I felt them at the funeral and I knew that they were like looking over the kids because I think she obviously ruled them with a hard hand, your, your wife. I think she was more of a disciplinarian than husband. And um, basically, so, but they've gone. They've, they've left me. They've left me. They haven't. What they've done is, is that, as I said to you earlier, they can manifest things to let you know they're about. This is my dad used to ding the microwave AFM, which mm-hmm. isn't even a setting, but they were his initials. Mm. He used to turn my iPod on when we had iPods and play his favourite record on it. It wasn't even plugged in or charged. Okay. Like, there's stuff I could go on for ages to prove it. But So they back off a bit. They back off because you have to accept their passing because otherwise you end up literally holding on to your personal angel, them, you hold on to them. You need to accept their passing, move forward, and it's when you're ready and they know you're ready. The times I've had people say, I want to read him, I'm ready, my husband only died a couple of weeks ago, but I'm ready, I need him. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. And so I so say, I'm not doing the reading because you're still grieving. You haven't even dealt with the passing. And they used to get right up with me, well, go on and find someone and ruin your money on God knows what whoever's going to take your money because it's disgusting if they do. That's where we get a bad hit because all of these people that they say, oh, you prey on all these people that are grieving. No, I don't. People come to me and if they are not ready, they get sent away from me. It's all the other people out there that will take a quick buck just to give them, oh, yeah, your husband's over in heaven. He's all right. Is his name whoever? John, mm-hmm. you know, common name. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, thanks, love. They'll sell you $50. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I don't do that. I won't have it. And so what's happening with that gentleman is, is that I feel like because his wife was more the rock, more the deal with the kids, Mm-hmm. she's now stepping back and saying, well, you can't keep relying on me. That Find your space with the children. Find your space on your boundaries, all right, because they take the mickey out of you a bit. Your children, if you're listening, it just feels like they take you, taking you for a bit for granted and they're using um, this awful time at the moment to kind of play on it a bit. And so... I would ask to reach out for help. You need other family members and friends to just give you some sort of, um, you know, solidarity, some sort of support with this, because I can't imagine how you're feeling at the moment, darling. But she's backed off because you need to find your space and learn how to cope to move forward. Okay. If we were always signs and thinking, oh, they haven't gone yet and trying to keep hold of them. I used to have a woman that used to follow me and she was trying to keep her son alive through me. You know, by getting messages from him, and I clocked it after two times. I said, no more. And she went mad. I am not. I said, no, you're trying to keep your son alive for a medium. That's not healthy. Mm -hmm. You have to go and see a counsellor. You have to grieve. And she hated me for it. Mm -hmm. Never spoke to me again. I'd done my job. And so that's what's happening there. So you normally find a bit of a vacuum when they just leave you to it. 
different for me. My mum was here within a week. My dad was here within two days. My granddad was here within two days because we've got a different view to it. And again, I show that in the book. Me, myself and I, I was like, I know I can't mention it. Um, but I, sh- I show it in there that we do- when we were looking around my mum's body as she died, um, I basically took a bracelet off and said, well, I'm going to keep this a secret. As soon as a medium tells me, I know you're safe over in heaven. And they did, which was in the book again. I'm doing too many spoilers. Mm-hmm. And um, we said, right, well, we'll know when she's up. And I saw a soul go up. And as the soul went up, the lights... It was like this, it was like different spotlights, and the one in the middle went and it glowed like the moon, like it was just glowing. None of the others did, and it's all on the same circuit, like that. And then it turned off, turned on even brighter again, and then went normal. I said, I told you, her soul's just gone up. And they went, right, okay. So we look at it like someone's going on holiday, my family. It is absolutely devastating. Don't get me wrong, we're not all, oh, ho, hum, they're in the spirit world, everything's lovely. We're devastated. But we've got this extra sensory thing that says it's okay. They're at a beautiful place. My mum's up there, no doubt, having a cigarette, having a glass of wine and loving it with all of her family. And that's how we view it. So they know we view it like that. So they come down quicker to people that have got more openness, more ability, more perception that can handle it. But some people can't. It's like some people say to me, my husband's never come through. And I said, right, he's here. He's been holding back. I'll never forget this. He's been holding back. He doesn't want to scare you. No, I want to see my husband. I said, you've got, this is unusual, right? She had a wind chime in her bedroom. I said, you've got a wind chime in your bedroom. She went, yeah. I went oh my God. I said, right, okay. So I said, right. He normally just comes and sits quietly about three o'clock in the morning. She goes, I'll wake up sometimes. I said, yeah, because he's there. Very common time, three o'clock in the morning. Three is obviously an angel number. So perhaps it's something to do with that and the geometry of that. And um, so I said, right, he's going to basically move the wind chime and that's his sign to let you know he's there. My dad used to do it. He used to do the strings on the guitar to let my brother know that he was in the room. And so she goes, oh, brilliant. I'm getting missed calls from three o'clock in the morning. I wake up at eight o'clock in the morning and I've got a voicemail. Oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. The wind chime's gone. The wind chime, oh, my God, is it a call, guys? So I'm like, what do you want, guys? Do you know what I mean? I said... So I find you so not being funny. You, you're moaning that your husband hasn't come and done anything. Then he does something and you can't believe it because you're like kind of tentatively believe this or not. When it happens, you think it's a poltergeist. Mm-hmm. It's your husband. And that's what happens with most of my, you know, I've, I've visited and cleansed hundreds of homes over the years. Mm-hmm. And 99.9% of the spirit people in those houses, you think I've got a poltergeist. Yeah, I've definitely got a poltergeist. My daughter's going to get sucked through the TV. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's your nan. Your nanny's moving the photographs. Your nanny's walking around in the kitchen trying to make a cup of tea. Oh, is it? Yeah. Because TV, media makes everything so scary, and it really isn't. It takes me right back to the beginning. Mm. We are just people without a physical body, mm. just in a different frequency. Mm. And when we come down here, people either moan because they can't see us or they moan if they do see us and see something scary. Mm. <laughs> and that's how it happens. I remember one Christmas day we had a – a wine glass fly across the room and we went, yes, we went, oh, no. And whereas other people, most of them would have left the house and thrown the place. <laughs> so I hope that answered your question. It's a very long answer. Well, but she's you. hanging back. They're all hanging back for you to find your feet. Let me get one last question in if I can. Ask them for help, though. Oh, I'll just do my hair. I'm, oh, yeah. 
Um, which one? Dear Nikki, my family's in a very serious transitional situation, currently looking to buy a new house, looking and establishing a new job and some other personal changes. Is there any advice or your special psychic prediction that you have about it? Thank you. Do you live, I know this is really weird, I don't know if you can actually answer this now, so I know I'm seeing the right place. If you've got a place that's got a really high view, are you high up? Or is it like on a cliff top or a rock side? Can it, 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 will she be able to answer that, Jeff? Uh, Have no. you got a high view or are you up? Are you looking? I'm, I'm, re- I'm rubbish with America, so I don't really know. It, it, if I was going to guess, it, I can't kind of look at it. Do you know like the countryside of California where it's like really rocky and high and there's lots of valleys? I could be totally wrong thinking state. I don't know. But can you just answer that first? Because I need to know if that's your house that you've got now or it's, and it's quite, there's views, there's lots of views and I feel high up. Um, can she just answer that first? And the person's living in an apartment right now looking for a house. Right. How high is the apartment? Are you high up on the apartment? I don't think it's a high. Have you got views that you like, can see the sky and you look down? Yes. Right. Okay. That's all I needed to know because I'm remotely viewing mm-hmm. your energy at the moment and seeing what you see when you look out the window. So you're high up now. Right, okay. You are looking for space. I don't know if you've got family where you need a garden, a backyard, as you call it. See, I'm learning. I'm learning all this. I called, I called the motorway freeway. Did you notice? I'm getting there. I'll be over in that country one day. They've predicted that many times. So um, so we're looking for a place that's got a backyard. This is what we're looking for. You need space and you're going to get it, okay? I don't know if there's going to be any reference to the title to do with a tree, like Oak Avenue, Oak Road, Tree Lane, or whatever. There's some connection to do with trees in the address, or you will be surrounded by them. You're looking for a more rural space. You need this space. You're closed in, and it's time, and it's because of expansion. So I don't know if it's because of children, or you now can upgrade, but you need this space. There's also lots of too much busy energy um, where you live, which is making you feel down, and it's because you're sensitive as well, darling. You're picking up on um, everything that's going on around you. Um, Don't be put off by a COVID situation. Reach for what you want and go for it. It's going to be a couple of hiccups, but I think more August. I know this is a long time to wait, but it could be the the August, September is when Virgo's coming up. So I don't know if you're a Virgo or your partner is, or there's Virgo that's massive for you, or it could just be September. But August, September is the time that I feel you're going to sit back and go, we've done it. With the work environment, can you make sure that you check the small print if you're going to be, if you're going to be, um, who's talking to me now then? That's oh, my Juliana, love him. I know when we ask that, I just listen to what they're telling me. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, make sure if there's any documentation or legislation, and this could also be with a house move as well, make sure you double check it. I'm not saying that you're going to be done over or it's going to be a problem, but check everything and make sure you invest in the right thing. There is definitely a financial connection here. Oh, I've got. Mm. There's definitely a financial connection here of improvement. Okay, so I'm not giving you a fairy tale ending. I'm telling you, it's happening. But it's not just the out of magic. You're not going to win the lottery. It's because you've worked hard at it. You've both planned it, and it's almost like a pentacles card in tarot that you've now you've worked hard, and you're going to be reaping the harvest. So yes, you will be moving. Yes, there is expansion with a job, and yes, it's scary because everything that you hold dear and familiar to you. Oh my good God, <laughs> you couldn't make it up. Eight of pentacles. This is the eight of earth, eight of pentacles, right? 
So this is skill work is rewarded, okay? Learning everything you need to do to get yourself in a better job, better position. The Eight of Pentacles is all about you've worked hard, you've studied something. I can't believe, can you? There's 72 cards here. See, I know what I'm talking about. I don't need the cards. I just wanted to show you that I know what I'm talking about, right? And so basically, you've worked hard. So this isn't just because it's all sat on your lap, thank you very much. You've done nothing. You've worked hard. You've made plans and it's time to reap the harvest. August, September, you're going to be sitting pretty and you're going to have the land you want. You're going to have the space you want. Okay. There may be more travel to work, but it's worth it. But also make sure there's a healthy balance. We don't want you being too tired doing this working for them. I don't know if it's your own business, but there seems to be a private enterprise business-wise, and there's also a corporate one. So I don't know if you decided to go out on your own um, on your own way or someone's got an idea to go out on their own way. What I tell you is do it because you've got the thought process, you've got the support, and you've got the know-how how to take this forward. So, yes, and again, I don't do fairy tale endings, but I'm telling you now it's good. Can I just ask, I don't know if you can reply to this or not, right, but if I asked you if there's anybody that passed past and it feels mal to me I can't have him in completely otherwise it's going to turn into a Nicky Allen spirit show and it's not supposed to be that right. that would have had damage restriction or a problem to his neck because mm. I'm getting spirit pain I feel see hear know everything that spirit people bring me so if I have a heart attack I feel it right but I push it away I know that there is someone that had damage to their neck um, and I, it could be someone that took themselves over or their neck, but there's some problem, or it could even just be a tumour in the neck. But I don't know because I'm not going to bring the person in, otherwise I will be totally exhausted, to be honest with you. And it's not about me bringing spirit people in this particular show, mm. but I just feel um, that there's a problem in my neck, throat area. Someone passes like that. And do you know what? There's a female as well. So there's one that's a bit more traumatised or there's pain. And there's a woman that says, oh, I had that as well. And she would have had issues with her esophagus, a chest, most probably a cancer condition. She could have swallowed very well. I don't know if this is your mum, grandma. I don't know because I'm not going to bring her in. And it's not a fallout. It's not a fallout. I don't need to prove anything. But I know that's going to knacker me. Because, excuse me. It's going to tire me because they're going to come in and it, I'm just going to be out for the night. Okay. But there's a lady here who's really proud of you, and she would have had darker hair. There's a curl to it. And I don't know if any of your family have any, like, um, Mediterranean roots, like Greek or Italian or anything like that. I keep feeling the essence of someone like that in your ancestry or someone surrounding you or someone you know that had that ancestry. And I know that she's coming going, well done, you fool. And it's been really tough. The last four to five years have been a nightmare. Four to five years, it's like you thought everything was going to crumble. You've built your way up, and I'm telling you now, you are going to reap the rewards of your of your labour. You are going to come into a harvest, and you're going to be so much better off. I'm telling you that now. Okay, look out for the tree name. Mm. Telling you, it's going to be in that. It's going to be in that address. Um, the person. The person. The person said, "Thank you very much. You made me cry. You are so sweet. It was my dad who had cancer oh, in the throat." He has cancer in okay. his throat. I thought so. And she said, wow, OMG, and Armenian. Armenian. I knew I knew there was a different foreign language. Mm -hmm. If I'd allowed them to come in, and this was a full reading for you, I mostly would have got it eventually, um, the language, or they'd start talking in it. That's a good one. I've done mm -hmm. that before, mm -hmm. where I say, what does this mean? They go, oh, my goodness, that means so-and-so in Italian. I'm like, get in. Mm -hmm. um, 
But yeah, I knew there was a foreign blood there. Your mum is so proud of you, darling. I can't tell you. You've really pulled it together. And do you know what's really precious about you, sweetheart, is that every time that something, I'm going to get emotional now because they love you so much. And every time that you've been pulled down, you haven't sat there like a victim and screamed and moaned and, and blamed everybody else. You dusted yourself down, just like we taught you as a little girl, and we brought you up to be that person. Mm. And you've done it. You dust yourself down and think, right, okay. And a boy. Have you, is there a husband and wife sitting together listening to this? Or have she got brother? It's a brother and sister. She's going, no, and the boy, and the boy. I'm like, okay. So whatever that means, but you've dusted yourself down and you've pushed yourself forward every time and you're a trooper. And there is a word like bambusa, babusa, babusa, busa, b, busa. There's a name like that, B-C-S name, word. Mm. I haven't got a clue. Mm. It's a foreign word. I don't know what it is. Mm. It's Armenian now, I assume. Busa, mm. busa. I'll ask it Alexa. Mm. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Biska, Boska, Baska, there's that name. Don't you come in because I'm going to be too tired otherwise. Okay, we don't want to blow you out. (laughs) They're still here. She's not going. I tell you what, very quickly though, they need to look out in their house and their apartment where they're at now. She does bangs. There'll be bangs or there'll be a tap and you think, what's that? And she and you might see um, a shadow at the doorway, and she's got I call them the doorway people, and you'll see them think, "What was that?" And she's just checking, very strong lady, just checking everything's okay. And Dad, but he was easy going. He came across as quite strict, but he, he was he he showed his love more. I know, darling. He showed his love more in um, his actions rather than his words, mm. and they should. Perhaps I'll open it up now and they'll have more energy happen. But I reckon there's going to be taps, bangs, movement in the hallway, flexion the TV, and they'll do that, and that's going to be them. And they'll see it in the new house. Oh, my God. Yeah, very quickly, if you do see it in the new house, it's really big windows. It's it's lovely where you're going, right? When you go there, if you do see me, don't think you've moved into a haunted house. It will be mum and dad. Hmm. Trust me, all right? Don't think, oh, my God, this is like weird. I found an orb on my photograph. Don't worry about it. It's um, It will be them showing you this is it. This is what you deserve, okay? Just remember that when you go in there. You're going to see a weird photograph. Or something will happen. You'll think, oh, no, it's not. It's them. Really good wooden floorboards. Lush, lovely place. Wait till you – it's the couple that the couple that are a bit dodgy, I reckon. And it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. And there's one that comes up where you think you're going to compromise and you're going to try and – fit a square hole in a round peg no get what you want and what you've ordered and what you'd really like write a list out of everything you want right and say mom dad this is what i want or Joffael, archangel manifestation right write out what you want i've got all these on the youtube channel just browse through and you'll see all of them right cosmic ordering look at the cosmic ordering video right just write out what you want see yourself in your new house see yourself making tea See yourself sitting there making a coffee, watching the telly, whatever you're doing, okay? See yourself in the backyard and then basically say, this is what I want. Thank you, universe, and thank you, Joffael, for delivering this. Not please, I hope. Thank you. Thank you very much. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't have any credit rate. I said, I need a car. I need an automatic car because I can't drive. Thank you for my car. I really look forward to having it. I got it a week later. 
That's amazing. So do that, please. Mm. Learn cosmic ordering and you'll get the perfect house. But don't don't compromise on the one before that. Don't compromise. Yeah, if we do this though, and we take that wall down and we do this, no, no, no. There's one that's going to come up that will be t- ticking in every single box you want, darling. Mm. That says thank you very much for your kind words. Sending my love to you. You were perfect. Now, oh my darling, thank you. I'm loving it. Janet says, wow. So oh, thank you. Do you have Facebook page? Do you have places? And I'm pretty sure you have a website. Do you have places where people can contact you and connect with you? I certainly do. If you go to um, Nikki Allen, now I've, I've I have to say now, I work in my dad's name. His name was Alan. So everybody assumes it's A-L-L-E-N. I don't know if it's a common um, surname over in the US. Mm-hmm. But so it's Nikki Allen, N-I-C-K-Y-A-L-A-N, oh. NikkiAllen.co.uk. Okay. And there you've got email connections. So go on the contact page there. You can find me as Nikki Allen or the Bedroom Guru. <laughs> Do you like that title? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. I do loads of readings now and then I do lives for you like we've just done um there's loads of things on angels and and everything from grieving to you just name it to you know to my condition so there's loads of these sort of videos on my youtube channel I'm on facebook as Nikki Allen mm-hmm. n-i-c-k-y-a-l-a-n mm-hmm. and um Insta, literally all of my, I thought it's easier that all of like Instagram, Twitter, it's all just Nikki Allen. So if you put that in, you'll find me. Mm. And also, of course, we have, we have to mention the book. Well, of course. Oh, I can see my name there now. I was going to get to that. Where is your book already for sale? <laughs> is it out yet? Right. Cheeky little people on eBay. There's mm-hmm. there's books book um, dealers are already on eBay see, selling this in the US and mm-hmm. in the UK. Mm-hmm. However, it will be available on Amazon. Uh, me, myself, and I, Diary of Psychic, will be available on Amazon.com, either Kindle or paperback version, on the 27th of November. Okay. It's only a couple of weeks off. Yay! Right. And um, you can go to Barnes and Noble website, or you can get it from John Hunt Publishing. So wherever you want to go. However, I only got this yesterday. Oh, that's awesome! I only got this yesterday because there was delay in the print, and they said, and you would get complimentary copies. And I got it, and I, I just burst into tears. Like my friend was here. And I looked at it and I went all numb and I just burst into tears. She goes, oh my God, what are you crying for? And I said, because I feel so much love for the person who is in this book, who went through so much pain. Mm. And for me to sit in this beauty I'm in now, this happiness and this abundance and know how to get whatever I want out of life, mm. emotionally, spiritually, materially, physically, I think, wow. And I just desperately desperately hope this reaches people's hearts you know that you know there was um i had reviews done on on one of the websites before it goes out and someone said oh she does his wind in it well that's the whole point i'm trying to highlight that there are people from five years old to 85 years old that are living in their homes alone and just want to die Mm. it's that simple and they lose everything in their life because of this and likewise there are people it's not just about chronic illness it's about people that have grieved, people that have lost people, people that are in whatever personal darkness they're in, and it's tips and it's guidance to show you how you can get out of it and thrive from that darkness. That's the biggest fundamental message of it. Um, and I just literally just burst into tears, and it was because 
I just, I desperately hope it helps as many people as possible. I really, really do. Because there is something in here that will give the key to people to unlock the door to the rest of their life. You know, even if you are laying in bed every day, you find ways to enjoy it. You know, I I remember I used to resent because I had so much. I used to scuba dive like five times a year in the Caribbean. Mm. I could do whatever I wanted and I was doing this and doing that. I loved my life. But it was all plastic. It was all material. And now I find that I love just seeing a bird flying in the sky. I love seeing a ladybug just on a leaf. And that to me is pure bliss, you know, and people have lost that. They've lost their soul compass that tells them what to appreciate, what to be grateful for, you know. And it's like everybody says, oh, aren't you worried about this COVID and the lockdowns? No, there's absolutely nothing I can do to change it. So I will adapt to that and deal with it. Yes, obviously, I'd like to go diving when I'm well enough abroad and I can't, That's it, you know, but hey, it doesn't matter. I watch YouTube videos of diving then, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just finding a way to live in mindfulness and positivity. And that's what I do all the time. It's not a chore. It automatically comes into my head. I wake up and I have three things of gratitude straight in my head. And mm-hmm. as again, it's all in the book. It shows you. Me, myself and I dive psychic. My publicist said, don't keep calling it the book. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am so, my book, my second book has just been finished, right? I'm going to do the shortest title ever. <laughs> but um, I've got, yeah, and I wake up and I'm full of gratitude and people say to me, how, how are you happy? I've just had three weeks in bed in a relapse um, because I, most of them did it and I had another little um, complication health-wise. And so I've been in bed for three weeks. What the remind of it? I went on YouTube, I did all my cards for myself, I did adult colouring, I did Merge Dragons. If you've never done that, it's the best game in the world. I did binging box sets. I loved every minute of it. Or I could have been, what? I've lost my old life. I'll be doing this by now. I'll be doing that. Why can't I go back to it? Why have I got such a rubbish life? Can you see the difference? And Julianis used to say to me, there's two ways of dealing with this. You can either live in the desert or you can live in the oasis. Which one? Because you're living it. So which one do you want to experience? And he's so right. So I lay in the oasis with abundance of sparkling water, loads of fresh fruit and lay in a hammock. Mm. <laughs> That's what I do. That's great. <laughs> way to be. I hate to keep asking you, but um, the gentleman that was asking you earlier he has one more question, it appears. He says yes. that I feel that her spirit guide... I mean, is this the, gen- is this the gentleman? The gentleman earlier that has his Sorry, wife had on. passed. He said, I feel that her spirit guide is telling her that she should send me a free copy of... Uh, this is uh, I, this must be a joke here. I didn't, I, I didn't even read this. I just looked and saw it. <laughs> a free copy of my book. <laughs> right, listen... Thousand, I will, I will sell that promise and send you one. You got that? I don't know how many it's going to sell. Would it be a million loads? I don't care. Right. But at the moment, I can't do that because I'm owning. Do you know what I used to do? This is a complete example of it, right? Mm-hmm. Is that to people, please? I'd go, oh, yes, I'll send loads out. But saying that, but now I say, no, I'm not going to because I've paid, I've had to pay out and it's half price of the retail. But People are selling it for even less than the retail price. Anyway, that's another story. Yes. Anyway, what I'm going to be doing, if you come over to 
my Facebook, which mm-hmm. is Nikki Allen, which is my page. Um, I think I've got an old profile on there as well. Or YouTube. I will be doing giveaways. At the moment, I can't. One, because I've only got one book that they've yes. sent me. I haven't even got mine from the printers yet. Mm-hmm. So I can't even give any away. It's ridiculous. Wow. But I will be. Once everything healthily happens, I will be doing giveaways. So... Come and say hi. Let me know that you're the pain in the bottom who wants a free one. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll let you know when the giveaways are. But you know what, darling? Thank you for your humour mm-hmm. and thank you for your strength. And I love it because sometimes, you know, it's really hard. I Obviously, every day I get hundreds of emails from people mm-hmm. all over the world that are going through the worst pain ever of losing a loved one. You know, nothing is worse than that. That is why my next book is about grieving. It's a complete mm-hmm. guide it's a spiritual approach to grieving and bereavement, that the human way, how you can do it like on human terms, if you're not too great with the spiritual things like crystals and angels and things like that. And then there's these amazing true stories of people that were totally sceptical, totally normal people, and their loved ones have proved their presence to them without any doubt, and they now have maintained a spiritual relationship with them instead of a physical one. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice because sometimes that the stuff that people share with me, I'm so humbled because you look at the losses they've gone through and the people that they've loved and all the rest of it. And so it's really nice for someone to have a laugh mm-hmm. because I just obviously I always have to be very serious and respectful of people that have gone through loss. But I'm loving that. Yeah, that's Thank guys have told her to give me a free <laughs> Love it. Uh, love you man uh, just send me just send me your details that's funny i might send you one for being so cheap when i get them uh, limey i'm still waiting i don't know how long it takes to print books i've waited two weeks i'm sitting there like this at the door have you got them yet the posting is no i've only got my complimentary copy at the moment just have to wait well i know that this is this has been a big deal for you working on this book but do you have any other projects that you have going on right now that you want people to know about to be honest with you i'm taking forward um i'm 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 really trying to invest a lot of time in the youtube channel and i always welcome what people want me what you know what they'd want me to do on there because it is i can do and you'll see you'll go that's not the same girl I just sit in my PJs in my bed on a bad day and I just do whatever I do to try and help people. Um, I've got, I'm, I'm starting to write online courses. Obviously, a lot of my time is going to be taken up in the next couple of months, but I've got online courses as well. And one of the things, again, they inspired me to do is I do an online um, seven-week course called the Prism Living Course. And it's everything that the angel realms and the spirit world taught me on how to live a spiritual, abundant and thriving life. So I basically put everything that I learned during that time in the five years, as well as from the book, I've put that into a seven-week online course. So I think, as we discussed earlier, darling, we're going very digital now. We're going very much online. So I'm planning, it must be the new year now, but I'll be planning live reading evenings because I can't go to theatres anymore. I'm planning live workshops and seminars via Zoom so they'll be coming up as well. And it's just all in the planning stage at the moment because, I, again, I have to pace myself. I have to be respectful of my energy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is doing lovely, wonderful things like this with you, darling. Mm-hmm. So lots of shows coming up um, with people to talk about me and my book, which I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I say, once it's over, the new projects, I've got book number two, which is called You Won't Leave Me. Quicker, isn't it? So if you ever speak to me again, I mean, You Won't Leave Me is a very good book. 
you, so I'm just finalizing that and proofing that. When so I was you going to say something? I was going to say that my little tip to you being a professional YouTube person is I think it would be great for you to just like make a video and read a little bit out of a chapter of your book and then maybe tell okay this is this is this is why I wrote this and and you know this is what's going on for me and and I don't know how many chapters your book it is, is but it's really hard you could make lots of videos that way it's that's that's what I want to do because I'd started again another spoiler from the me myself and I another spoiler is is they told me to go on YouTube I was told to teach and I said how can I do that from my bed Mm-hmm. Teach, teach, and I'm like, I can't teach. I'm lying in bed because you won't let me get out of this bed. And so then my phone turned itself on, and a YouTube video come on that I wasn't even watching or connected to. Mm-hmm. It was it was impossible, basically. And I went, "You are kidding me! You want me to go on YouTube? What? Sitting without any makeup on, just woke up in my pajamas? Are you mental?" And they kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And so you'll see my introduction video on my channel is me sitting looking pretty rough, mm. saying, hello, I'm known as Bedroom Guru. And it started, and that was only two years ago. And so I am not really good at marketing. I don't know how to push YouTube videos, but all I do is just try and do my best. And the amount of emails and comments I get from how much I've helped people is really making it all worthwhile. But I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know if the universe will progress it. But that is. I'm. It's very, very true to me because I'm transparent on it. I'm helping people, and I'm getting so much feedback to say how much help I'm bringing, including the guided meditations that I've put on there. And all I do is I sit in the morning and go right. What do you want me to do for them today? And I say right. Do a guided meditation for depression. Okay, done. The biggest, most um, popular one is visiting heaven. People are going up and they're emailing me saying, oh, my goodness, I went up there and I sat with my mum for half an hour. I went, I know, it does work. you just got to send your energy out and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I will be definitely putting more guided meditations, working hard on YouTube, online courses. And then in the new year, I've got to get my head around what we're doing now, mm-hmm. the Zoom business and doing workshops and seminars. And, of course, book number two is going to be on its way out as well. And, you know, I've got to, I've had to adapt my life and change my life to things that aren't going to take that much energy from me. And so I've found ways to do it, which will be Zoom here, Mm -hmm. YouTube, and obviously through my books. Mm, That's great. So that's what's going on for me at the moment. So excited. So excited. It's great. I think, let me finish up with um, here the... Same gentleman, what we were speaking other says, tell her that I am, I am adding laughter because I enjoy her energy when she laughs. He's enjoying your energy. And he, <laughs> his, he says that you're going to get really big and famous again. And his intuition is his intuition is usually spot on. So he's seeing massive oh success goodness. for it's, you. Do you know what? I think. I, I, I would love, don't get me wrong, I would love to be successful with the book, not for the money, not for the fame. I don't need that. I've got everything I need. I've got everything I need. But it's just to reach people because if anybody could have said to me, here's a book or watch this girl on YouTube, when I was laying in that bed for those five years, it would have changed my life. And that's what I'm trying to aim for. So thank you for that, darling. Mm-hmm. And I've always been told, every famous medium I've ever worked with has always said to me, you're going to end up in America. 
I'm like, mm. and mine went, oh my, yeah, you're totally going to America. And I knew it. And I thought I was going there just before the accident. And everything obviously stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel there's something for me over there. I don't know if I'll live there. But I, I just, I don't know, I love people from the US. I love, you're so open and so bouncy and so cool. And um, I'd love to come over there and do it. And I honestly thought I was going to do that. Um, mm. But hopefully, yes, I do hope. And it's not about being famous. It's about the more people, this is the problem, the more that you gain a profile, the more you can get your message out there. So it's not about, look at me, I'm Nikki Allen. It's, oh, my goodness, thank goodness. That's another 1,000 people I can get my messages out to because I absolutely categorically can state to you it is totally real. We do not die. We do meet up with the loved ones. They're with us more than we could ever imagine. The angel realms are there. We're never, ever alone. And if I can get that out and people, all you've got to do is work it and you'll see, and that's it. My job's done. Mm-hmm. I've t- The skeptics, I've seen a big hairy biker came up to me once, mm-hmm. real big bruiser, you know, with all these bike levers. I thought, oh, my goodness, I was just about to do a theatre show. And he came up backstage and he goes, can I have a word with you? I thought, oh, my <laughs> God, I thought it was going to kill me. What <laughs> am and he goes, I just want to say thanks. And he was huge guy. And he goes, I want to know what you drink, so I want to get you a drink. I went, okay. So I said, what do you want to thank me for? And he goes, well, it's like this. We keep bringing this sort of thing up, don't we, suicide tonight? I don't know why. Perhaps we're reaching people that are in that space now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Perhaps because of COVID, people are just finding it hard to cope. He said to me, I listen to you. This is when I'd just done Angels, the show Angels. And he goes, and I watch you on the telly. And he said, but I wouldn't have any of it. But then I thought, I'm going to jump off a building. I went, okay, mm-hmm. random. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, I went to London. I'm going to say it in my voice now. I went to London and he said, I was walking around looking for the highest building and you were in my mind about angels. And he said, I thought, if I'm not meant to go, I will see a sign. But I really do want to go because his wife had died and he wanted to go over there with her. Mm-hmm. And so he said he walked around London and he saw a really tall building. He thought, this is it. So he was just looking at how he was going to get in and get to the roof entry. And as he turned around, he said, all I can tell you is the traffic. You know, it's like in London, very much like New York. Everything mm-hmm. slowed down. And he saw this man in white robes, about seven, eight foot tall. And I knew he was telling the truth because that's how angels come. They're huge, right? And he went, no. Mm. Right, and he said, "I went. I started to cry because I saw the love and the blueness of Angel's eyes. It's like seeing two worlds in their eyes. It's like I can't describe it until you see it, right?" And he just went, "No," and then he went, and then all the traffic went back, and then he went home, and he just thought, "I can't take this on." So he'd been trying to get me all my shows to tell me that he knew that Angels existed, and this was like a motorbike man, you know. Mm-hmm. And he said, I want to buy you drinks. You've changed my life. And mm-hmm. now I've met a lovely lady. Um, and all I want to do is die because I want to be with my wife. And he goes, so thank you for changing my life. And I said, and I actually said to him, thank God, I thought he was going to kill me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, you're a bit scary. And so I said, you know, please, you know, share it with people because mm-hmm. you're not the most, you know, you're not the most likeliest person to go, an angel saved my life. You know, it's normally... People with web dresses on and, oh, yes, the spirit world. I said, tell people. It's like Reuben Alexander. 
You know, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Oh my goodness, he's a hero to me. What the angel realms are doing at the moment, they are they're bringing their their presence and their knowledge to people that are well esteemed in other areas. He's a brain surgeon in the US. Look it up. And basically, he was the biggest skeptic. Once you're dead, you are dead. I know. I'm a brain surgeon. When your neurons are gone, that is it. You are dead. You don't go on anywhere. There's no frequencies. A load of rubbish. He got struck down with um, a virus that was killing his brain, right? And it basically killed it dead. And and he was in a coma and he was just being kept alive on a ventilator, right? So his wife had the faith, though, to say, no, you're not turning him off. You're not turning him off. They said, he's dead. He's dead. There's nothing we can do. He's brain dead. Miraculously, I'm really cutting it short. Miraculously, he comes back alive. Nothing wrong with him whatsoever. No brain damage. Wakes up and goes, get me a pen. I've just been to heaven. Mm. And he knew that he could not have gone to heaven. He could not have dreamt because he was brain dead. So he knew scientifically that what he'd seen was his soul going to heaven. So he's now done books and he's now changed his life from being a brain surgeon. He goes around the US telling everybody about heaven and about the afterlife. And that's what they're doing. Because we're in crisis, they're up there thinking, we need to sort something out here because we are really, we're damaging the planet. Mother nature is kicking off. She's kicking off with earthquakes and tsunamis and God knows what. People are coming unrest. And now we've got this control business with COVID. It is just going to rack and ruin what we're going to do. Let's start influencing the people that people will listen to. They won't listen to me because they'll just think I'm making up and I'm all fluffy, right? They might do because I was a cop for 20 years, hopefully. But he was the world's leading brain neurosurgeon in the US. And now he's walking around telling everybody heaven exists and I was there. Mm, Yeah, it's amazing. So that's what they're doing. They're influencing people. And, you know, I was watching your podcast on the near-death experience with the chap. Forgive me because I can't remember his name, who... um, invented the video phone right again a very grounded very practical minded very clever man and he's had a near-death experience they're reaching people that are creditable that are credible that will go on and even though they're you know got their own fields of expertise they say oh yeah i went to heaven you know that's what they're doing as well Hmm. that's what they're doing watch the space there's going to be so much transition there's an awakening taking place now um, and I was told it started 2012 and it's been going on ever since. And after the seven year gap, which is 2019, 2020 is balance, 2021 is a springboard. So if we don't get this right, and I don't know what's going to happen, but trust me when I tell you the angel realms are working their socks off to influence people like Ruben Alexander, like the gentleman you had to say, tell your story because you are credible. Mm. You're not a spooky dooky psychic. You're a normal <laughs> person with credentials. Get out there and tell them that you don't die and that we exist. Mm. <laughs> I just thought I'd say that. Well, when you're ready to come to America, we'll welcome you with open arms. And hopefully you'll... I cannot wait. And hopefully you'll come to Texas so we can have a drink together because that's where I'm at. Goodness, I would so love to come to Texas. I've never been there. All I've done is Florida and Miami, the typical dive places, you know. Mm. I don't mean dive as in dive, right. which means bad place. I mean dive as scuba dive places right. and the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. But Texas, oh, goodness, I would love to. And, and mark the- my words, darling, mm-hmm. when we can fly again, I'll be well enough to come and see you and we'll do something together. That'll be awesome. And we'll even get you a cowboy hat. <laughs> White leather or pink. 
Oh, I'm pink? thinking pink. Yeah, I love pink. I'm a terrible pinky girl. I used to hate pink, but now I'm all pink. Mm-hmm. And pink cowboy boots. There you go. Fabulous. <laughs> there was a... Well, no, that was a biker. I was remember the name of the girl, Pinky Tuscadero, came to my mind, but that from an old television show. But she was a biker with pink outfit. So I, I was trying to think of a pink ca- a girl with a pink <laughs> cowboy enough, outfit. I go, I go on the pod. Oh no, that's perfect. I, I, funnily enough, you know, I I go on my partner's motorbike mm. and I wear pink, white, and black. Mm. So I've got to have pink in everything. Oh, I used to. I couldn't stand pink and couldn't stand green. Hmm. The reason why I love green now is because Raphael was with me all the time that I was healing and getting well. And so he works on the green light. Everything I have around me is green. Pink is Archangel Chamuel, which is for self-love, self-belief, self-worth. So she worked on me as well. So pink, I can't believe it. The only reason I'm wearing this, I don't know if you can see it properly, but it's owls. I never realized they're owls. And my oh. mum loved owls. And I'm just wearing it out of um, respect for her for my very first very first show talking about my book mm-hmm. so i had to do that so i dedicated the book to my dad and i thought i better get my mum in she's gonna get a right up mm-hmm. so that's why i'm wearing the hours but ordinarily you'll find me in bright colors pinks and and I, I all i used to love is black and navy in, the, in when i was detective all my suits were black or navy mm-hmm. and now i can't bear dark colors mm-hmm. it's just i can't tell you how much it's changed me i just wish you know especially people that perhaps knew me well in my old life will see the transformation they had they've gone wow mm-hmm. who are you what have you done with nikki and i'm so pleased they say that i'm mm-hmm. so pleased they say that and that's what i want people to say to all the guys that are listening and watching you know where you know in a year's time when you've done what i've done and go oh my goodness who are you you've done well You've got a new business, you've got a new house, you've got a new wife, you've got a new husband, you've got this, you've got that. Yeah, lovely. Mm. That's what I'm aiming for. That's what I'm aiming for. And I will come to Texas. I guarantee it. That's awesome. I will. I'll be over there. I know I'm coming over there. Mm. I know it. Yeah. And I want to see Las Vegas as well. I've never seen Las Vegas before. Well, and New Orleans, the witches. Yeah. I'm going to have to do about a five-year tour, aren't I? Yes. Five-year tour of going around because it's a bit of a big place. <laughs> Well, with the success of your book, you can come here, you can rent or buy a Winnebago and just drive and travel the country. Do you know what? That's one of the things that I've ordered that I ordered that a few years ago as well. And then stop off on coasts where I can dive as well. Mm. Um, so I'm like, come on then, do it, because I want to go over there. I can't afford to come over at the moment, even if COVID wasn't here. Mm. But, um, oh, my goodness, I so want to do that. And I mm. do it, one of my places is Texas, I want to come. Really, I just want to, I don't know, I just love it over there. I, I think it's because also I had a previous life there. I was in the, um, in the oh, my goodness, um, begins with a arizona mm-hmm. i was and there's always everybody always there's an indian guy and i'm like oh whatever i'm not having like cowboys and indians indian mm-hmm. guide everybody's got an indian guide as a psychic i'm not having that mm-hmm. until two mediums told me the name of my guide completely separately and one actually drew him i couldn't believe it and he took me back to um where i was and i was on the um in arizona and it was in the Rockies. It was like rocky places. And I want to go there because I've never been there. I don't know what it looks like. I don't want to know because I want to know what he's shown me so I can go and see it. There's a particular sacred rock I need to visit that he showed me. And this in spiral thing that's in the rock. 
um, and I know the exact place I need to go, and I'll know when I get there. Mm. And that's again, that's calm. And he was my dad in that. In that, and do you know what's really interesting is that um, he used to call me Angala, Angala, and so I thought it meant my nun. And um, he's obviously a Native American. God bless them. They're mm. just so in tune with the universe. Mm. Angala. And so I remember thinking, yeah, that's my name, that's my name. And this man, Khan, was my dad, Kanunka. And um, I was talking with a Native American who'd come over from America. Um, I can't remember, some psychic event I was at. And he said, that isn't your name. I went, it is. And he goes, no, it's not. It means daughter. Mm. I was like, oh, my goodness. Call sick real, because he was my dad in that life. Oh, wow. So that was that was pretty impressive you know so things like that that's what i'm trying to say i don't dream things and then tell everybody it's real they prove it to me and as soon as i have backed it up with solid evidence then i share it mm. so yeah and carla he's one of my um healing guides he's been good and i, and I bet loads of people say well why are you not fully well then because i've asked for this experience on this on this time round. obviously i have to be an ambassador um, and a facilitator, like I did in the police, between the police inquiry on a murder and the family, I am now doing angel, spirit world, whoever else wants to talk to me, facilitating that to the world. Um, and I think that if I was too busy touring, proving the afterlife, I never really would have been doing what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And that's what my dad told me back in 2013. Mm-hmm. He said to me, you're going to work differently and you're mm-hmm. not going to get that better, but you will be good enough that you'll be able to do what you're supposed to do. So I just got, you know, at the end of the day, physical bodies get illnesses and ailments. So I just got to part with it, adapt and go with it and thrive and use it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Nikki, I, I really appreciate your time. I wish you massive success oh, with this book. Minute. I wish you massive success with Thank all so the much. things that you're involved Please. with. <laughs> and once again, the book is called <laughs> Me, Myself and I, Diary of a Psychic. So please check it out. It certainly is. Thank right. you so much, Sorry. Jeff. You've been amazing. Sorry I've spoken too quickly and too oh, much. That's, that's, that's okay. me all over, darling. That's I remember it. a host once saying to me, I want you on my show every month. I said, why is that? He goes, because all I do is sit back, I drink coffee, and I don't say a word. Because <laughs> <laughs> I get a rest when you're wrong. <laughs> no, I think that you have great energy, and people are really going to like watching this podcast because your energy is so Thank great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, I've yeah. enjoyed it. And you've yeah. been great as well. You really have. You're only as good as your host, remember? Wow. <laughs> and the people that write and call in. Uh, they're, I, they're good as well. I, for, me, that, for me, I'm only as good as my guests. So I appreciate oh, you. God bless you. Well, there we go. We've both given ourselves a virtual hug and pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nat. No, All right, me. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Nikki. I've got to run. Have a great evening. And enjoy Star Trek tonight. And you. God bless you. And God bless you all. And thanks for watching. Thank you. God bless you. Take care. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye. She is a highly acclaimed international. All right. I got to start that over. See, that's why I can edit this. I My final product will be edited because for God things like God bless editing. Yes. <laughs> so let's try that again. Now telephone. It's just a crazy day this morning. (laughs) Sorry about that. One more time. Today's guest is Nikki Allen. She, wait.